Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. It's a privilege to be with you all this morning. Uh, wow, that worship, I already need water, so <laughs> that, was, that was excellent. Thank you so much, Phil, uh, for trusting me with the word this morning. It's really a privilege for me to be preaching the word. Um, and man, I love the process of writing sermons because what God does during that is he speaks to me first. He's challenged me on serving before I can relay it to you. And it's been quite a, an interesting week when it comes to serving. And so it's really prepared my heart and I'm so excited to share with you this morning. We just came out of a holiness series. It was phenomenal. I trust that that will set us up for not just a year of holiness, but a lifestyle of holiness, as 1 Peter says, and as Leviticus also says, be holy, for I am holy. Today, however, I want to start us off with a quote from C.S. Lewis. You'll hear him mentioned many times, a phenomenal author. But from his book, The Weight of Glory, under the topic of joy, he writes the following. And you can read with me. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. And so... Lewis writes on the topic of joy here, and I think it's important for us to begin to understand the difference between joy and happiness. See, happiness is a fleeting emotion. That's why you would find a takeaway company using something like, open up, open up some happiness, because you're gonna eat most probably a type of filth also, but only you're gonna be happy for an hour and a half, and then you're gonna be hungry again. Happiness is not a firm foundation. Joy, however, is. Joy lasts beyond your circumstances. Joy is a strong and firm foundation on which you can build on. Thank you, Birger. We're raising our youth also to serve. Um, But today we'll look at how can we achieve one aspect of this joy. And for that, while pondering these words of Lewis, will be in John chapter 12 from verse 20. That's the gospel according to John chapter 12 from verse 20 onwards. And as I give you time to go into the word, just wanna give us some scripture background. Let me just actually really get to this water. So some background on the scripture. Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the death leading to many Jews starting to believe in him. And this is troubling the Pharisees. And so they're seeking to arrest him and to kill him. And as Jesus learns this, he retreats with his disciples to Ephraim. From there on, he waits with them until six days before the Passover feast, the Jewish feast, which draws massive crowds from all over to Jerusalem. Now, six days before this feast, Jesus returns with his disciples to Bethany, close to Jerusalem, where he finds Lazarus and Mary. From there on onwards, they continue to Jerusalem where we read about the triumphal entry of Jesus on the back of a donkey as Isaiah prophesied. 
And so here we are in Jerusalem. The crowds are gathering. Some are actually witnessing to others what Jesus has done by raising Lazarus. And the Pharisees are seeking to kill, oh, arrest and kill Jesus. And that's where we find ourselves. And so before we jump into the word, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, how beautiful it is to be able to dissect your word this morning. And so we acknowledge that although we fall short, although we have flesh that hinders us in understanding your word, we trust that by your spirit this morning, you'll move in our hearts and we'll see you. We'll see your heart for serving. We'll see you glorified. So I pray that by the power of the Spirit, come and open our ears that we will hear what it is that you have to say to us. And may we be obedient to your word. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. John chapter 12 from verse 20, and we're going to go to verse 28, the first part. Reads as follows. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And so today's message is titled, The Joy of Serving, and we'll look at three aspects regarding the joy in serving. Firstly, the joy of Jesus, secondly, our joy, and then lastly, the joy of the Father. So the joy of Jesus, then, we start off reading that amongst those that were attending the feast, this Passover Jewish feast, were some Greeks, Now, that's not specifically showing that it's only Greeks, it's Gentiles or non-Jews. And this is interesting to me that this is specifically highlighted. Together with Jesus' response to Philip and Andrew, when they say these non-Jews are seeking to meet with you, Jesus says, the hour has come for the man, oh, sorry, the son of man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And Jesus shows that in his response, he knows something. He realizes that a certain time has arrived, an appointed time, a prophesied time. And so what is that time? It's, in fact, a time for him to die. Jesus uses this beautiful analogy of a grain of wheat that has to die to be able to become a a blade, and that blade will have more seeds, and that will become more fruit. And so in this, I believe this points to two joys that Jesus finds in the midst of his servanthood, in the midst of his obedience, while realizing it's time for him to die. 
Firstly, we read in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus sees the joy that awaits him, that is set before him, and he endures. And I don't believe that it's simply him enduring from the space once he's naked and being lashed, or once the nails are driven through his wrists. No. No, Jesus returns from Ephraim back to Bethany, and from Bethany onwards to Jerusalem, while knowing there are Pharisees seeking to kill him. Yet, he endures. Yet, for the joy set before him, he returns. For the joy set before him, he serves and he persists. So what is this joy? We read from our focus text from verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. The joy that through his death, through his serving unto death, others will be able to inherit eternal life. Secondly, we're reading 1 Kings 8, verse 41 to 43, a beautiful scripture. This is a prayer of Solomon. It says, likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country for your name's sake, for they shall hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When he comes and prays towards this house, hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you. In order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. Here Solomon is petitioning God in nine elements of prayer, and this is one of those elements. This is as the Ark of the Covenant is put into the temple. It's a massive moment for Israel. And what does Solomon pray? Lord, when foreigners come, grant them their prayers so that all nations and all tribes will know you, fear you, and serve you. And this shows us that Jesus' joy of serving unto death is not just the salvation of an elite specific few, but it's for all nations, it's for all tribes, it's for all people to come and serve unto him. This is the joy of Jesus, salvation of individuals of all tribes and all nations, achieved through serving. Secondly, we look at our joy, continuing on from Jesus' joy. Our joy doesn't simply just start or end with the receiving of eternal life. No, as big as that is, there's more. See, in John 17, 3, Jesus says that eternal life is not just being in his presence. It's not just never experiencing death again. No, eternal life is actually to know him. He says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, your son, whom you have sent. And so also, John starts to end his gospel account 
with the following words. He writes in John 20, verse 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So follow the logic with me here. What this implies is that everything that John selects to write about is for the very purpose of you, of anyone reading it, coming to the belief in the name of Jesus Christ and by believing that they may have eternal life. Everything that he chooses to write about. And so when he writes in verse 25 and 26, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And as he writes, if anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will also be. Then that means that John chooses to write, to believe, and once you believe, you have eternal life, and once you have eternal life, you will know him. And so whoever loves their life will not know God. Whoever serves Jesus and whoever follows Jesus will know Jesus and will be with Jesus. This is the joy that we get to have in serving. See, there is something about Jesus that we will never know, never come to understand, never be exposed to if we never serve. But the moment we come to serving, there's something about Jesus that is revealed to us and we get to know him to a greater depth. Once we start valuing his kingdom and his honor more than ourselves, once we start to value others for his glory more than ourselves and we choose to serve, we get to know Jesus. That is the joy that we get to have in serving, but it doesn't stop there. In verse 26, it reads, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And when I initially read this, I thought someone tinkered with my scriptures or my Bible. I thought, how is this even possible? This was a jaw-dropping moment for me. In verse 26, it reads, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And like I said, I, this was a jaw-dropping moment for me. I thought, how is this even possible? God honoring me? Like how? I mean, how is it that I can so intimately relate with Paul when he says, the Christ has come to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And then I read a scripture like this. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. This baffled me. And so how this honoring looks, I cannot completely tell you. Sorry to say, I've read the text. I've read the commentaries on the text and they're also avoiding answering this. But what I do know is that there will be ultimate joy and ultimate love in that moment of being honored by the Father, the creator of everything, anything that has beauty, anything that has power, anything that has purpose, that creator will honor me. How is that even possible? 
Yet, this is what the word says. How can I not serve him? This is the joy that we get to have, friends. We get to know Christ. And ultimately, we get to be honored by the Father, however that looks. The joy that we have in serving. Lastly, the joy of the Father. At the end of our main text, Jesus says the following, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. See, the joy of the Father finds its culmination, its climax, when that which is and has been created by him and that which has always been, in other words, Jesus, steps into its designed purpose. I'll say that again. The joy of the Father finds its culmination, its climax, when that which is, which has been created by him, and that which has always been, steps into purpose, into the purpose of its existence, into the purpose of its design. Jesus says here, my soul is troubled. I'm about to die like that grain of wheat. However, I will bear much fruit. But it's not mainly about the fruit. It's not mainly about the salvation of people. It's not mainly about Jesus himself being glorified, no. It says it's about the purpose that he has come to this world. And therefore he will not pray, Father, take me from this hour. Therefore he will not pray, Father, spare me this, no. The joy of the Father finds its climax in Jesus' response, saying, Father, glorify your name. In Isaiah 43, verse 7, it reads, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The purpose of the existence of humanity is exactly this. This is the purpose of Jesus' serving primarily. This is the purpose of all creation is the glory of the Father. If Jesus were to make his existence all about the salvation of people, if we were to make anything about our serving not about the glory of God, then we'll miss it. We'll miss the purpose of serving. We'll miss the joy in serving but when we step into obedience and we serve and we get to know God, but we know that it's all about the glory of the Father, that's where joy finds its culmination. Because it's about the glory of the Father. And so this is the joy of serving. The joy of Jesus found in establishing Eternal life for all, not just a certain kind, but everyone. The joy of Jesus for all nations to come to him. This is our joy in knowing Jesus to a greater extent. 
This is our joy in serving and knowing Jesus in that, but at the same time, somehow being glorified by the Father. And then ultimately, not just is this achieved through serving, but it brings great joy to the Father. It's these two joys, the joy of Jesus and our joy, both in serving, coming together, glorifying the Father, finding its purpose, and bringing joy to Him. That is why we serve. And that is why joy is a firm foundation. Because at all times, I can serve. And in that, at all times, I can know Jesus no matter your circumstances, no matter your skills, no matter your race, no matter your age, no matter what you've done in the past, you can serve, you can know Jesus in your serving, you can glorify him and ultimately be glorified yourself also. This is the beauty of serving. And it's not just, we have I serve, it is not just serving in the church. I would say that is the bare minimum standard. This is a lifestyle of devotional serving towards others for the glory of the Father. But in that, and I can promise you, I can, I can show you from my own life where I was and where I am today, that there is joy in choosing to serve persistently, faithfully, and know Jesus in that. And so to end off, I go back to Mr. Lewis. Let us then not continue baking mud pies in the slums when a holiday at the seaside awaits each and every one of us. Let us choose to serve, experience that holiday, experience that joy, and all of this culminating unto the glory of the Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is our joy. This is the joy that we get to have the joy to know you, the joy to serve you, the joy to have all of our lives purposed for your kingdom and your glory. So I pray, may this word walk with us wherever we go. May this word cut our hearts and continue to fill it with the joy of serving you. We know it's not by our might, it's not by our strength, it's not even by our will that we get to do this, but it's by your Spirit. And so I pray, may the Spirit drop something deep in our hearts regarding serving and the joy that is found in that. We have attained the joy of Jesus unto salvation. We can serve in our joy and the glory and the honor belongs to you, Father, May you receive joy from all that we are. May we be reminded that it's all about your glory. We honor you in this beautiful word and we thank you.
In the mighty name of Jesus, pray this. Amen. And that concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationtwane.org forward slash moikluf. That's everynationtwane.org forward slash moikluf. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Yeah.